Welcome to the Healthcare IT Today CIO Podcast. I'm John Lynn, the founder and chief editor at Healthcare IT Today. I'm excited to bring you the most practical healthcare CIO insights and perspectives. We know your job is challenging. We want to help you be more successful. And today's guest is Sergio Melgar. He's executive vice president and chief financial officer at UMass Memorial Health. Welcome, Sergio. Thank you, John. I look forward to uh, our discussion today. Uh, I am uh, the Executive VP and CFO at UMass uh, Memorial Health. Uh, I've been here for now 10 years, almost on the dot. Wow. And uh, seeing a very dynamic change to our organization. It's been a, a pleasure to be here and see really the last 10 years and the evolution of UMass Memorial from uh, a uh, system that uh, was uh, somewhat uh, wondering where he would go and seeing a really positive rapid development and certainly the implementation of the EPIC system was a key cornerstone to uh, our movement forward over the past 10 years. Yeah, well, we definitely want to dive into that and and your achievement of EPIC Gold Star Level 10. Uh, But before we go there, Tell us about it. I mean, how is it for UMMH being in the heart of healthcare, if you will, Boston, with lots of competition, including the Harvards and the Partners of the World? Uh, you know, tell us a little bit about UMass Memorial Health and, and you know, and your journey there. Ten years—that's quite quite a, a journey for a lot. You know, for people in your position, often don't stay that long. So that that's pretty awesome too. Well, uh, I have been uh, the CFO of university healthcare systems uh, during my career. I was 10 years at UCLA, about 10 years at the University of Kentucky. Uh, and I have now, as I mentioned, I have finished uh, my 10th year at UMass Memorial. We are the system that basically represents the majority of central Massachusetts. And as you indicated, uh, we were probably in the most heavily concentrated high-end healthcare in the country. The state of Massachusetts has some of the best systems uh, in the world. Boston in particular, heavily concentrated with very high-end academic medical centers. We are the public university of the Commonwealth. Uh, And so we have a partnership with the University of Massachusetts, where we are the teaching site uh, for the residents. Uh, And so we uh, also have a responsibility for the care of the middle part of the state. Uh, We have the majority of the community hospitals that are in the central part of the state are part of our system. Uh, And over the past uh, 10 years, what we've done is try to get the system to really function as a system as opposed to having each facility function on its own. And that's where Epic became a really uh, great key to having us be able to join all of the different component pieces together. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's something interesting to note. Uh, obviously, Massachusetts is much smaller, so you are competing with the Boston's. It's not like Vegas, where it's five hours from civilization in any direction. So, you know, it's an easy drive in if they decide to. But let's talk about that. You talk about Epic and its ability to bring the system together. 
and you know, as I mentioned, you you achieved the Epic Gold Star Level Ten, which we've talked about before here on Healthcare IT Today. I think our audience understands the Gold Star kind of rankings they offer or uh, awards they offer. Uh, talk to us about that. Why did you decide to make that a goal to go after this Gold Star Level Ten? Well, the reality is we did not actually set achieving a level 10 as a goal. Okay. We actually wanted to implement EPIC. That certainly was a key factor. And we wanted to do it in the best way possible. I think what the 10 reflects is the whole culture change that occurred at UMass Memorial over the last decade. We implemented a lot of management tools for our staff, uh, for their work in general. Those coupled with the state-of-the-art system that EPIC is coming together made us work really well together and collaborate. Many teams actually worked together to implement EPIC. And it was a system that uh, I think where a lot of systems put in an IT system and people feel is being done to them. This system was implemented with them in mind. They were players, they were partners, they felt ownership in it. So they were allowed to contribute their ideas throughout the process. As a result of that, that pride of ownership, that integration of ideas made us a very top level user right out of the gate. We actually were able to implement the system ahead of schedule. Uh, we've now been running about six years or so with the system. And when we implemented it, we became a good performer. Typically, an EPIC transition is very challenging for the first year to two years. We actually had a shorter transition than most organizations. So what they call the valley of despair that occurs <laughs> when you go live. Ours was not, not quite as big as other organizations. And so as a result of that, we had a very rapid improvement in our revenue cycle. Our clinical folks were very happy and satisfied with how the system was doing. We quickly saw improvements in quality. That really stimulated people to, kept, to keep using the system at its optimum. And it was that commitment from folks that actually forced us to stay very current with the system, to implement all of the latest utilities that were available with the system. We performed extremely well and it just kept feeding itself. And before you know it, we were a nine star. And now the 10 star didn't seem like an impossibility. Only about 3% of Epic clients become 10 stars. So it would have been probably unrealistic to target 10 stars out of the gate. But when you're now a nine star, the next step is a 10 star. And so folks now felt energized to try to get there. And we were able to do that in 2022. We actually went live this year with our last of our community hospitals. And that go live, I was on 10-1. We were able to go live with them while at the same time finishing 23. And we felt it would be unrealistic to try to maintain the 10-star given the workload of a go live. But we were ab actually able to achieve it. So we actually have back-to-back 10-stars. -back and our go live uh, in uh, September 
was actually rated a five out of five by Epic. Five is a rating they give to uh, the go lives uh, in most go lives, as I understand, are rated about 3.8 as an average. So for us to achieve a five is certainly uh, fitting given that we're 10 overall. And I think it's a achievement on the part of the entire organization. I think everybody's very happy and proud of the work. Uh, I think their work is easier because of the work that we've done. Uh, and they are certainly satisfied, which is important. If your employee base is satisfied with the system, uh, that's really, uh, I think, a, a good sign uh, for the organization as a whole. Definitely. Well, and I'm sure Judy is rejoicing right now. I feel like that's why she started the Epic Gold Star program was mm -hmm. they'd implemented these features, they'd created them, but people weren't using them. And so this was, I think, a way to get people to use them. And you're a great example of that. But I want to dive into kind of that staff response to it. You know, you described what everyone wants to achieve, which is that their staff are part of the process of implementing the technology. Was that their initial reaction or what did it take to kind of evolve that, you know, the, you know, was there some resistance in the beginning to kind of Epic or even in the health IT in general, because it, it often takes more than just Epic to achieve what you need. But, uh, you know, how, how did you, uh, what was the initial reaction and how do you kind of improve that uh, so that they really were on board with it? Well, clearly it started before we even made the decision to go live with Epic. We actually started bringing in people to work together. We did it with the revenue cycle. So we actually put together a joint organization. We created effectively a central billing office that was linking what at the time were different systems, people located in different places, but under a common goal, common uh, management structure, so that they started working together before they even had the tool. And it was a challenge initially. Eventually, they got to see the benefits mm -hmm. of being able to work together. So when they were offered the tool, they saw the tool as a benefit. So they went in it already with the positive mindset that this tool was going to help them work together better. When they start using it, as it is with all tools that I mentioned, the value of despair, you are going to have challenges. Things will not work as they had been promised. Some things still need some reconfiguring or adjustments. So they were much more willing to make those changes quickly. And I think that's why we did not have probably the long transition. We had a, a much shorter transition because people were bought in on the change. Then they knew that they had, in fact, directed how the system was put in. So mm -hmm. they were cleaning up what they felt was their own mess, as opposed to cleaning up, you know, IT's mess or what the executives wanted them to do. And so they had a pride of ownership. Uh, and so when they actually had now a, a really great working tool, they were able to perform at levels that they thought could, they could never achieve. So they were able to perform, you know, from a statistical perspective, AR days that are lower than they had ever imagined the organization might achieve. Uh, they're able to bill at a lower cost per dollar bill than we had even contemplated. 
on a quality perspective, they start seeing quality measures that keep improving. And they keep improving because now the data is more readily available. People are acting quicker. Uh, and all of a sudden, we're getting better results. So overall, things start moving in a good direction. And so it basically continues to feed and empower people. And, and it basically confirms that their work was worth it. The outcome definitely proves that the, the work that they put in was definitely worth it. That's awesome. Well, and it's interesting because one of the biggest challenges most EHR implementations have is a revenue cycle. And, you know, it's mm -hmm. interesting, you're chief financial officer, so you obviously cared about that in a deeper way than maybe some <laughs> leaders. But what do you think was the hardest part of kind of becoming Epic Gold Star Level 10? I would say that the biggest challenge is that all of this requires investment. Okay. And we had to make the right decisions about the commitment. And doing this journey, um, before you make the decision, you go through a pretty long process. You know that the price tag is going to be substantial. And we wanted to know, look, over a decade, what is this really going to cost? And that's where the 700 million that's not like all in the first year. That's sure. a 10-year cost of ownership. We wanted to know if we're going to invest this type of money, you're doing this instead of investing it in other things. So it's a, it's a big value proposition that you have to evaluate. And that's, I think, the hard part, realizing that the satisfaction of a great system or a 10-star isn't coming initially it's going to come years and years later and so you are investing heavily knowing that you won't have proof of your work for a long time in fact many people will come and go long before you have the proof that the original cio when we started retired before we achieved the level 10 you know, so you have that type of a situation. And without him, it probably would not have been done. He was clearly instrumental, but he never actually got to see it. So it takes that much time to actually achieve it. So the hardest part is knowing you're investing heavily. It's going to take a long time. You are going to endure setbacks and a lot of challenging decisions and you gotta persevere. You so you gotta have the organizational skill. You gotta have the governance, the executive decision making. You gotta have the people that know this is a long, long battle that we're in, uh, and we have to persevere through the different challenges and the willingness to change, because Epic doesn't just conform to what you're doing. You gotta conform to a new reality, a new way of doing things. Your people have to be willing to change. You've got to transform the way you've done things in the past. So you have to be open to that and trust that the outcome will be better. I think the ultimate, uh, I would say, sign of the success would be that our satisfaction with our IT system prior if you ask employees, what are you more satisfied, least satisfied in the system, they'll tell you in, in the overall system, they'll tell you IT is the least satisfying part of UMass and Morgan. Today, they tell you it's the most satisfying part. Wow. So it's completely flipped. 
right? So you you have to do a lot to get something to go from worst to best over that period of time. But that takes a long time. Uh, and I would say that's the hardest part is to convince the board that you're going to invest this much money, to convince the executives that they are committed to this for the long haul, to convince the folks that they are part of the solution that they're going to collaborate. They're going to own this process because I didn't do it. They did it. You know, I, I had to bring it together at a high level, but ultimately they're putting in a lot of hours and ideally if you see the outcome, then that's the, the ultimate satisfaction. Yeah. Your comment about change is, is interesting because, you know, when I first implemented an EMR, we modeled it exactly the workflow that we had previously because we were trying to avoid the rejection and they needed this certain, and then it was fascinating because we implemented that. And then they, they would, the users reached out to us and be like, well, why are we doing it this way? The, the option's right here to do it. <laughs> you know, of course, in our heads, we're like, of course, we wanted that in the first place, but we knew you wouldn't accept it. <laughs> and so then they forced us to, they said, oh, wait, why are we doing this duplicate? It's like, well, because of the workflow. And they're like, oh, well, let's stop doing that. Okay, great, we'll do that. <laughs> yeah, John, I think what we did that was clearly a, a big key is that we brought the people in from the very beginning into the decisions. So they had that ownership, that partnership right at, right from the beginning. Mm -hmm. So we, we never had the, we're going to do this and do it to you. It's like, we are going to do this together. You tell us what the system does, doesn't fit with what you're doing. And let's make the changes necessary with what you're doing so that you understand it right out of the gate. Yeah. You, you're, you're not going to get used to it two years later. You're going to understand this is how the system is going to work. Begin to make these changes along the way. And we got most of it right. You know, there were some things we didn't get right because we didn't quite get to everything. I mean, it's a monumental system change. It changes everything clinically that you do. It changes everything on a revenue cycle that you do. And as you mentioned, you break the revenue cycle, you can break the place. Uh, and so it was very, very important that that hit really dead center. And, and we're very proud that on the revenue cycle, we did extremely well. There was a lot of benefits on the quality front. And I think was at, at the end of the day, the, the most positive thing that people saw. Uh, and now our quality has steadily improved year after year. And we're very happy with it. Uh, and we think in large part is because we're using more and more better tools and we're using them quicker. People are very knowledgeable and responsive. And uh, so the results uh, are are very, very positive. That's awesome. You know, you're, you're kind of lucky to be in Massachusetts where there's a lot of epic expertise, so, which isn't true for a lot mm -hmm. of locations. But how did you approach kind of, did you do this all in-house? Did you work out with some outside organizations to help you? What went into that decision to kind of build the expertise in-house versus leveraging outside organizations? Well, we definitely, I mentioned we had a CIO that I actually had worked with previously okay. uh, at the University of Kentucky. So he and I knew each other pretty well. So when we started the process, we knew we needed to have a really good dedicated team that had experience with 
implementations that had experience with Epic, that actually understood what Epic was going to try to do, right? So part of it is making sure you have experienced people that are knowledgeable. Make sure you have the change agents because you're going to have to change the way people do things. And you couple, you bring that together in that collaboration. So having that definite expertise was clearly important. Uh, and then decide that the change is not going to stop when the system goes live and then everybody kind of goes home. You are going to have this continuous change evolution over time. And so you need to have effectively a standing team, a standing army that will continue that evolution. And look, at the end of the day, most Epic clients are six stars, right? So how do you get to 10? You have to continue the evolution. You don't just go live and, okay, we're happy because we got a new system. You got to continue to evolve. And that's how you keep moving up the star ranking. So we are still continuing to evolve. And the good thing is that once you get to the top, people are used to the dynamics and in a way it's easier. So the yeah. second 10, while it was in a theory more challenging environment, it probably was easier than the first 10. You know, and now we're looking at maintaining it for the third year yeah. already. You know, we were not thinking of the second one. If we were here a year ago and you're asking me, are you looking forward to a 10? And I would have told you, no, we're not planning for a 10 at all because my goal is to go live in September with a new hospital and for that to be as best as it can go. I'm not worried about the 10. I'm worried about that hospital. Yeah. Right. Today, I'm telling you, I want to maintain the third 10 and our folks want to maintain the third 10 and they're excited about it. And now they wear the 10 on shirts and on jackets, you know, not now they're very, very proud and excited about the whole thing. Well, you built the culture of it. That's what it sounds yeah. like, which I think is the key. You know, you talked a little bit about this, but how do you see the doctors, nurses, the patients? You know, we haven't really talked about patients as much, but kind of being impacted by this effort to implement Epic. Well, clearly all of the clinical folks feel that the system is certainly better. I, I'm not I'm not going to tell you that everybody thinks it's the greatest sure. and everybody loves it. But I don't uh, know anyone that likes documenting anything in their job. But correct. That, and, and there's still some people that are, even in, in 2024, they're not tech savvy yet. Mm -hmm. They still rely on people to help them with the technology. But I, I would say, and, and clearly uh, what I mentioned about the, the worst satisfaction that people had was the IT system. Okay. And that's for all employees. And when that flips to the highest satisfaction, that's all the doctors, all the nurses, they name the IT system as the highest satisfaction. That means they're along, they, they have come along. They, they are with you. They appreciate the system. Um, it is a point of pride. It is a point of recruitment because most of the top systems are using it. So that they use Epic, that's great that you're a 10 star epic, that's fantastic. 
that that's like I want to I want to use that system. I want to be in that system because my job is probably going to deliver better results. It yeah. may not necessarily be easier, but certainly I will deliver better results. And that's in ultimately what people are after. They want better quality results. They want better um, patient satisfaction. They want to have cleaner bills uh, so they can do their work better. On the patient side, I would say that there is a high degree of satisfaction by most uh, of the patients because they now have a single bill as opposed to getting multiple bills. And there's probably, from for a lay person, there's nothing more frustrating than medical billing. Yep. And the fact that that's simplified, the people that use my chart uh, are just so nimble with uh, now things that in the past they could not have done. They can see test results quickly. They can see their appointment schedules. They can do pre-check-in. Uh, so when they show up at the doctor's office, instead of having the board with all these pieces of paper to fill out, it's already pre-done and they're told the doctor will see you shortly as opposed to here is this board and please fill out these three, four sheets of paper. That's a great satisfier. I have used it. Um, my family's used it and I asked them, you know, how is it? And they all are very positive on it. Um, for me, I can pay my co-pays on it. It's really easy. So I don't even see a bill. It doesn't clog up my mail. I don't have to open it up. So not everybody's going to be that way, but you're going to have enough people that are that way that you lessen the workload so that then when you have a problem, those problems become less. They're, they're generally easier to solve. And consequently, our, our folks are happier. I think the patients are generally happier overall. The problem solving is a lot shorter in time frame, and I think it's a lot easier to deal with. So I, I would say overall, I think people are pretty happy. The, the use of my chart is pretty high for us. I, I wish it were higher. You know, it'd be nice that it would be um, up into the 80, 90%, but I, I think it's still a challenge for a lot of folks to use computers or to be really nimble. Young people are very nimble and they wanna use it. Some, some of the older folks, some are nimble, some are not, uh, depends on, on the individual. Sure. Well, you know, what do you see as next for your usage of Epic, you know, and kind of making the most of the HR? I don't think Epic's come out with level 11, right? I think 10's the highest. So no. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think there's a vision for that yet. Maybe one day. Yeah. Uh, what, what, what do you see as next for you? Well, clearly we would like to maintain 10, if we drop to nine, it's not the end of the world because it means we are probably doing other things. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's a matter of the priorities. Um, what I think being at the level that we're at right now, what it will do over the next probably five to 10 years is that continue integration of the system. The way that the healthcare systems have worked in the past and we probably were one of the better examples of this. While we may have been a system, the different components really work separately. Mm -hmm. They really were not lined up. Today, they are more aligned. They're not completely lined up because there's still some 
through regulation, through geography, there's still some limits. You know, you still have licenses in the different facilities, but it would be wonderful if you had complete freedom of movement of services so that if you wanted to see a doctor, you can direct somebody to the nearest office that has got an appointment as opposed to you got to see this doctor because this doctor is going to then see you at this hospital. And that's where that doctor practices as opposed to you can be seen at any clinic and then you could be seen at any of the hospitals if it happened to be that we had an appointment open and make that really easily available. We're, we're doing more and more of that. So if you needed a CT scan and one of our community hospitals is open, you know, this afternoon, okay, we'll send you there. And you need to be happy with going there, right? And we need to be comfortable that sending you there, there's no loss of the information. It ex experiences the same for you as if it would be going to one place. And if you don't have to pay for parking and if it's an easier drive, there's a way you're going to love it. And to the extent that you can do that and people that become nimble at using the healthcare system, Epic allows you to be able to do that because the, the information is always there. Mm -hmm. In fact, people that become very nimble at it, you don't even have to use the same system, the same healthcare system. You could go get your test at another system. And if he has Epic, they can get the information right away. And I can tell you this because I travel a lot. And so I can go to different systems and, and have a test done. Um, and it still be seen because my chart connects different systems together. I can navigate between having a C-scan at, at one place and my doctor is at another place and they have access to the data. So the ultimate goal is that ability to work the system together so you maximize the utility of all your assets and you provide the patient with that facility of even a bigger environment for them to be able to see a provider or get a test or a procedure done. Interesting. Well, and I, I think all this value-based care is going to drive some of this coordination as well. So we'll see how that continues to evolve. You know, we, we always like to wrap up these CIO podcasts with a little bit of career advice, career discussion. So is there any uh, piece of advice that you'd give a new CIO or maybe someone who is aspiring to be a CIO? I would say that, uh, you know, some of the lessons that we've learned here are really, really important. It's always a changing environment in IT. It's never static. And folks um, get frustrated about the way things are right now and they see where their role is and they think, you know, I'm, I'm stuck in this place. In the IT realm, there, there is no status quo that remains for very long. So it's very dynamic. Be open to the changes, be open to that, those opportunities. Uh, and you don't have to leave a system to see opportunities. They, they are there all the time. We have invested more in IT than anything else in the decade, and we continue to invest in people. So be looking for where is the organization going? Uh, what, where do I go and be part of a different 
part of the organization so I can continue to learn my skills. Um, it, it is probably the most dynamic environment that there is. Uh, information technology, always changing. So have your eyes open. Don't, don't think you're stuck or you're stagnant because it will continue to change on you. It will keep you stimulated. Uh, you will keep developing. Uh, so keep your eyes open, keep learning, uh, be inquisitive, uh, and ultimately find ways to partner, collaborate, take pride of ownership in what you do so that you can leave in a legacy that you participate in something that achieves a lot of good for an organization and for the patients that you serve. That's awesome. Well, I think you summarized what I took from this discussion really well, that IT is a big investment that can enable a lot of things, but it needs the right people as well. And I think you just summarized that quite well, that the people take that technology investment and can leverage it in amazing ways. No, absolutely. And we are very proud uh, at UMass Memorial. We're very, very proud of what we've done to develop people over the decade. That development happened before IT was even considered as the big investment. The fact that we invested in people and then we put in the big investment in, in the IT world, match the two together, uh, has really pay dividends uh, and we're very, very happy with how people have evolved, how the system has evolved. And obviously the 10 star is the, the ultimate uh, reward. Absolutely. Well, Sergio, I appreciate you taking time to share about this experience and you know to learn more about this great achievement with you and your team. And thanks everyone for watching and listening. If you want to find more great healthcare IT content like this, be sure to check it out at healthcareittoday.com or search for the CIO podcast by Healthcare IT Today on your favorite podcasting application. Thanks, Sergio. Thank you, John.